The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has added Pick'em Scorchers, where you can win 100 times your money. That's right, turn $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN, Underdog Fantasy, for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. We're also brought to you by Manscaped. Get $20 off and free shipping with the code SGP at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code SGP. Finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Cam Podcast Network. It is currently Wednesday evening, October 11th, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Reichel, once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode because it is time to get into the quarterfinals in Shanghai. Four matches to preview on the Thursday card. We're at the point now that rounds are not divided amongst two days. Instead, we're going to get all the matches for the rounds in one day. So you have the quarterfinals on Thursday, the semifinals on Friday. Get the point. Either way, point is four matches to go through. Looking forward to breaking down each of them. But before we get into any of that, I do want to recap how we did in the last episode for the round of 16. Unfortunately, not great. Went 0-2 with the lock and dog picks. For the actual lock, we ended up losing with Shelton first set plus one and a half games. I got a little bit cute with it. I thought Shelton was alive to win the match, and unfortunately he did. And he also ended up going over because you ended up going to three sets. But we picked him first set, and he actually got buried in the first set by center and then came back from a set down to win in three. So we had a right, we had a pretty good read on the match itself, but unfortunately picked the wrong angle to back for the lock. And for the dog wasn't close. We had Wolf and Umber over. Two and a half sets. And simply put, Umber was unbelievable. That might be the best match he's ever played. He went god mode for about an hour, and you saw Wolf get buried. So went 0-2 there, and hopefully we'll sweep and bounce back here in the quarterfinals. But I do want to break down the overall just matches from the round of 16 and go through my takeaways. So starting off with the Tuesday card, you had a couple of upsets. You had Morozan, who ended up beating Rude in three Fun match, Rude had some chances and didn't really convert. Then Morozan eventually got the break late in the third set in route to the win. You saw Korda get the job done against Sarundalo. That one we had. Uh, Shelton beat Sinner in three. We thought Shelton was alive. We like Shelton plus the games, like the over, and that all worked out. But once again, did lose with the first set play. And then for the final match, we did like her catch in the over, and that got there. Thought it would go three sets, like the over in games, and then you saw her catch win in three sets. So overall, a pretty good day on Tuesday as we got three of the four matches right. Now for the Wednesday card, wasn't as lucky. So going through the actual Wednesday matches, first of all, Jari ended up beating Schwartzman. That one we did get right. We thought Jari was going to win, but we did think the over was worth a look based on the, his- the uh, history between these players. And history repeated itself, as you saw it go to three once again. Umber buried Wolf 6-1-6-2. That one we got wrong. Then you had the shocking upset of Alcaraz, as he ended up losing to Dimitrov, was a set down. I kind of choked away the first set and then ended up rallying to win the second and the third. But we did think Alcaraz would win. We thought Dimitrov would hang in there, but we didn't think he'd actually win a set or even the match. But Alcaraz getting upset there was a bit of a shock. And then for the last match, Rublev beating Paul. That one we had, we thought it would be close, but we did think that Rublev would get the job done. So overall, a decent 
round of 16. But once again, we ended up picking the two plays that were, in hindsight, really not even that close. Shelton got buried in the first set, and you saw Wolf get buried in both sets. But either way, it happens. Overall, we had pretty good reads, just picked the wrong plays to uh, specialize in for the lock and dog picks, but hopefully we'll pick the right ones here for the Thursday card. Either way, not really, not really much more to add. I'm trying to think of anything news related to talk about on the men's side in tennis. I don't really have much as far as I know. I heard that Sinner ended up dropping out of Antwerp, and I believe Murray did as well, which wasn't really a shock because Sinner. Once again, he'd been playing a bunch of tennis. That's why we thought he was in potential upset alert against Shelton. And it seems like he realized that as well. So Sinner is not going to be playing in Antwerp, which was some news. That was basically it. And Murray has just been really bad for the last couple of tournaments. So I'm not shocked he temporarily shut himself down. We'll see what happens. Nadal said he's expecting to return for the Australian Open. Not really news. I feel like that was kind of anticipated, but it does seem like Nadal is back on track with his rehab process. But that's basically it. So now we're going to transition over into the four matches for Thursday. Starting off in order, we're going to go with the chronological order. So we are going to see the... Uh, Morozin versus Hercatch match starting at around 3 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, going through the actual odds here, Hercatch is a minus 240 favorite. Morozin is plus 200 for the spread. Hercatch is minus 2.5 and minus 125. And Morozin plus 2.5 is plus 105. As for the games, the over-under is at 23.5. Over is even money. Under is minus 120. If you want Hercatch to win in straight sets, that's a minus 175. If you want Morozin to win a set, you can get that at plus 145, and if you want the match to go three, you can find that at plus 145. Uh, so to look at the actual, uh, I'd say, path of both players so far in this event, Morozin has been on a nice Cinderella run. Now, you might remember him as being the guy that upset Alcaraz earlier this year, who most people never heard of, but he definitely has solid talent. He's definitely a top 50 caliber player, probably even better than that. Currently, he's ranked 91st, but he has been good so far in this event. Beat Rinder Condition straight sets, beat Dimenauer, impressive one there in straight sets, beat Lahovich in straight sets, and beat Rude in three. Now, Rude once again having a down year, but he was in good form so far in this event, beating the likes of Nishioka and burying Eubanks. So, Morozin had a nice win. Now, as for her catch, he has been playing good tennis as well. Unlike Morozin, though, I do question the level of competition. Ended up beating Kokonakis. That's a pretty good win. Kokonakis is a good hardcore player. We know he's a head case, but still pretty solid on hardcore. Ended up beating Sue. That was a relative unknown, but her catch got the job done there. And then ended up beating Zhang in three sets. Zhang's had a great year. I still wonder how good of a player Zhang actually is. I think Zhang is definitely a top 30 caliber guy, but he is ranked 60th. So this is going to be a pretty interesting matchup because Morozin's ranked 90th and change, but he's been playing like a top 50 guy. But you're looking at who Morozin's faced, and he's beaten better competition. So something's got to give in this match. Now, this is the first head-to-head meeting, and the story of this match is going to be Morozin's first serve because her catch is a great server, not a good returner. But if Morozin can hold, you might be able to see him sneak away in a breaker or two, and he might win this match. Now, for the sake of the actual... Odds, I do think it's pretty interesting that her catch is minus two and a half games at minus 125, and he's minus 240 on the money line, which suggests to me you are expecting to see at least one tiebreaker in this match, and that's what I kind of anticipate. Now, I do think Rosen is a very solid player 
who is capable of getting some good returns in, and I do think he might be able to break her catch once or twice. The problem is I'm not sure how good of a serve is his actually going to show in this match, and I do think that Morozin, if his serve struggles, can get broken by her catch as well, despite her catch not being a great returner. I like the over. I see a marathon match here. I think that Morozin is going to be able to hang around. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I do think that over 23 and a half is worth a look for a guy that once again, has been constantly involved in tiebreakers, which her catch has all year long. And I think for this match, I am tempted by her catch player prop team total over 13 games at minus 130. If he wins in straight sets with one breaker or 175, you break even. But there is a way to get there if he loses in three or if he even wins in back-to-back tie breaks. I do think you're going to see a marathon match, though. So I am going to to the over. And I do think that Morozin plus two and a half games is worth consideration at plus 105. Moving on to the next match, arguably the best match on the card for the Thursday slate. You have Shelton taking on Corda. Now, this is going to be a very close match based on the odds as Corda is minus 115. On the money line, Shelton is minus 105. As for the game spread, Corda is minus a half a game at even money. Shelton plus half a game is minus 120. Over-unders at 24 and a half. The over is minus 105. The under is minus 115. As for the actual um, by the way, you can get an alternative over. 23 and a half is minus 120 and the under 23 and a half is minus 110. Uh, but if you want to go with the set wagering here, the over two and a half sets is plus 125. Quarter to win in straight sets is plus 220. And Sheldon's win in straight sets is also plus 220. Now, even though both players are American, they do not have much of a history against each other. In fact, they've never played. So it's not really much to use from historical a perspective for the sake of this match. But to go through the actual path of both players, Korda has looked very good as he has not dropped the set, beat a relative unknown in the first round, beat Medvedev in straight sets, and beat Sarundalo in straight sets following a loss in the final in Astana. So he's been in great form, Korda. As for Shelton, he's been in good form too. He was in the Labor Cup. And he did pretty well there, then parlayed that into Shanghai, beat Munar in straight sets, beat Safulan in three, and beat Sinner in three. Impressive win against Sinner and Safulan, who are in good form, but once again, Sinner was battling some fatigue. Uh, but either way, not Shelton's problem. Got the job done there. I do think Korda's worthy of being the favorite because Korda is in very good form for the past couple of weeks. The question, though, is if Korda's serve is going to hold up against the likes of Shelton's. I do wonder, with the slower speeds of these courts, if Shelton's going to be able to remain patient if you get into some long rallies, we know Cord is not afraid of having 30-40 shot rallies. I am worried that Shelton at some point will go for broke and force a, I'd say, an ill-advised forehand, which might result in some unforced errors on some big points. I think Cord is probably going to win, but I do think there is value on the over. I don't think Cord is going to bury him. I think it's going to be a three-set marathon. I do wonder. If Shelton, once again, will be able to keep his composure in longer rallies and if he'll actually be able to break, because even though he was able to beat Sinner in three sets, he only broke one time. So his returning of serve has not been great so far in this event, at least compared to Korda. And I do think that Korda is going to be able to break through once or twice. I think it's going to be close. I am an only to the over, but I do think that Korda wins probably in three but I do think there's value on quarter money line because this price does seem a little bit cheap. Now, it wouldn't shock me if Shelton got the job done because, once again, he's minus 105. These odds are pretty close. But I do think that quarter should be a bigger favorite. I think quarter should be closer 
to around minus 125, minus 130, in my opinion. So I am going to lean to Korda in this spot. Now, moving on to the third match, you have Dimitrov taking on Jari. Not the match we thought we'd have in the quarters based on Alcaraz being in that section. But Jari's been good in the head-to-head. Jari is 2-0 lifetime against Dimitrov. Faced off on clay earlier this year in Geneva. Jari won in straight sets, and they faced off in Barcelona in 2019. Jari won that one in three. I believe that Geneva match was actually the final of that tournament, and we actually had Jari to win that event. So that ended up cashing it outright for us. But Dimitrov has been in great form in this event. He has won against some pretty good competition, ended up beating Vukic, ended up beating Kashanov. Both those were in straight sets, and then, of course, shocked Alcaraz yesterday, or I should say on Wednesday morning, and ended up winning in three. As for Jari, he's been good, too. Beat at main, relative unknown French player, beat Sonigo in straight sets, and then beat Schwartzman in three. Schwartzman has been in good form lately, though, in this event, so props to him for somewhat salvaging I can't say fully salvaging his 2023 year because he was bad for about seven months, but at least he's ending the year on a high note. So Schwartzman has been in better form lately. That win is still solid, and I'm not shocked Schwartzman won a set because historically every match they've had has been a pretty entertaining battle. But for the sake of this matchup here, Dimitrov should be the favorite at around minus two... 40, and you're looking at Jari at plus 200, looking at the actual head-to-head on the, uh, sorry, the actual lines here on the spread, Dimitrov minus 2.5 games is minus 125, Jari plus 2.5 games is plus 105, as for the games for the total, the over under 23, minus 110 on both sides, you can get a cheaper line, you can get 22.5 over minus 140 under plus 110. If you want to go for the actual set spread here, you can find uh, Dimitrov to win in straight sets at plus 110. Jar to win a set at minus 140. Over under two and a half sets is plus 155. So both guys are off three set marathons. Dimitrov had the best match he's played in a while, but he has been very comfortable in this venue. I guess the question is, do I think Jari can do enough to dominate with his serve in his forehand and to shorten the points? Because every time you get a long rally in this matchup, is going to benefit Dimitrov because he's going to be able to use the slice backhand. He'll be able to keep the ball in play on a more consistent basis than Jari, who tends to go for broke on a decent amount of shots. So I do wonder if Jari's serve will be able to really control the match. If Jari's able to hold, I think he'll be able to get some break points off Dimitrov. For this one, though, I am tempted by the over. I think that 22.5 is a pretty low number for what could be a tiebreaker uh, and maybe a 6-4 or maybe a three-set marathon. I do think that plus 155 is worth a look. Now, Dimitrov has been in good form beating Kashanov and beating Alcaraz, but there has been a breaker in there. Uh, you saw the Kashanov match go over 22.5. The Alcaraz match went over looking at Jari's matches. He did go to a 7-5 in the first set against Atmey and a 7-6 against Sunigo in the first set. And then he ended up going to a 7-5 in the second set against Schwartzman. So he has had a couple of longer sets, which does make me lean towards the over. Dimitrov should win, but it would be a classic Dimitrov move if he beats Alcaraz and then loses to Jari in the next round. I'm going to go with the over at 22.5, though. I think you'll see a close match. I'm going to lean to Dimitrov, but give me the over as the safer play in that matchup. And the last match, you have a fun one between Umber and Rublev. Umber is the underdog here at a pretty decent price, though, plus 175, and you're looking at Rublev at minus 200. Rublev minus 2.5 games is minus, one seven, uh, minus 125. Umber plus 2.5 is minus is uh, plus 105. 
So I'll repeat that. Rublev minus two and a half games is minus 125. Umber plus two and a half is plus 105. For the total, 22 and a half over is minus 114. Under is minus 106. As for the actual set wagering in this matchup, you have Rublev to win in straight sets at plus 135. Umber to win a set at minus 165. Over two and a half sets is plus 135. So to go through the path of both players, Umber before the last match had been involved in a bunch of marathons because he ended up going to three sets against the likes of Dezanchulp, against Tsitsipas, and even dating back to Beijing, he was in a bunch of three-set matches there. As for Rublev, that was before he ended up burying Wolf 6-1-6-2. As for Rublev, he's been good, has not dropped a set here, ended up beating Hallis in three, uh, sorry, in uh, straight sets, beat Manorino in straight sets, and beat Paul in straight sets, 7-5-7-5. So this is actually going to be the third French guy he's faced in this event, coincidentally, but looking at this overall matchup and the head-to-head, it's been a competitive head-to-head. In fact, they faced off a couple weeks ago as you ended up seeing uh, Umber beat Rublev in Beijing. So I do think Umber is pretty alive to win this match. Now, they faced off earlier this year on hard court in Indian Wells, and Rublev did win in straight sets. You can argue that Indian Wells is a pretty decent comp to the courts in Shanghai because it has been very slow, and Indian Wells is one of the slower hard court tournaments in the entire ATP schedule. So that could definitely benefit Rublev if you want to use past matches from this previous year. But I do think looking at this actual uh from this actual odds perspective, from an actual odds perspective, I think that plus 175 is too high. I think that Umber should be closer to plus 120. In this match, I really think Rublev's too big of a favorite. Umber's been in good form. He just beat this particular opponent, and he's plus 175. Maybe it's trappy, but I'm going to take the bait there. Uh, Rublev had a competitive two-set match against Paul, which took some time, but Umber buried Wolf. That match did not take long at all. I'm going to go with Umber. I think Umber's got the game to actually upset Rublev. I think it might be competitive. Maybe a three-setter once again. But I do think that Umber is definitely alive to pull this off. And a plus 175, those odds, simply put, are just incorrect. I think those odds should be, once again, around plus 120. I'll take the extra 50-something cents of value. Give me Umber on the money line. I am in a lean to the over, though. And I am in a lean to the player prop team total over for both guys. I think Rublev over 12.5 and minus 140 is a bit expensive, but I do think that if it goes three, Rublev will go over. Or if he wins in straight sets, you probably will get a 7-5 or 7-6 in there. So I think Rublev should go over, and Uber, I think, can win. So 12, I think, is too low as well. Give me the over for the player prop totals for those two. But that's going to wrap it up. I would have linked to the over two and a half sets as well. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for the actual preview of the four matches in the quarters of Shanghai. Now it's time for the Lock and Dog picks. But before we get into that, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five in Pick'em Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100x payout. And for a limited time, Underdog is extending the first deposit bonus up to $500. $100,000 Sundays continue. Underdog Fantasy, 10 lucky players will win $10,000 each. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little money over Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And remember, when you sign up, use the promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $500. So Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. We're brought to you by Manscaped, who have taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. 
So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you a smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code SGP for 20% off plus free shipping. It may be spooky season, but you don't want to scare people with a scraggly beard. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. Are you tired of a bad razor making your neck look like a scary movie? With the Handyman skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. And on top of that, they also have the Beard Hedger, which is a high-tech piece of art in a travel size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SGP. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 members researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the quarterfinals in Shanghai. Now it's time to get into the lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, I am going to go to the first match we actually talked about between Hercatch and Morozin. I'm going to go back to the team, to the uh, player prop team total there. And I do see a pretty interesting line because I found 12 initially for Morozin. However, looking at DraftKings, I found 11 and a half and the over is minus 145. I'm going to take that. I think that that's a pretty realistic number for him to reach, especially with Hercatch being a tiebreaker magnet. There is a possibility that Hercatch ends up winning 7-6-7-6. And if that's the case, you end up winning anyway. Or Morozin pulls off the upset or maybe loses in three. But I do think one way or another, Morozin can win a set, which is six games right there. Or he loses in a breaker, which is six games right there as well, and then he might go to another breaker. But I think that 11.5 is a little bit too low of a number against Hercatch, who's been a tiebreaker machine. I'll go with Morozin, team total over 11.5 games at minus 145 as my lock. And for my dog, I am going to go back to the final match between Korda and Schultz, uh, sorry, between uh, Rublev and Umber. I got to take the value. I got to go with Umber on the money line at plus 175. I thought about the plus two and a half games at plus 105, but I'm going to swing for the fences here. I just think this price is way off. We just saw Umber beat Rublev. It wouldn't shock me if Rublev beat Umber in this match, because obviously Rublev's the better player on a consistent basis. But the fact that we just saw this head-to-head matchup and the fact that the head-to-head is 3-2 to Rublev, so it is close uh, in the five meetings, I think 175 is an insane price. And I think that sometimes when you gamble, you have to sometimes take shots where you think there's value, and I do think looking at this price, there's value. So win or lose, I do like the odds. I think that this price should be a lot cheaper, and I do think because of that, it's kind of an auto play for me. So once again, the lock for the show is going to be Morozin 
on the team total over 11 and a half games, a minus 145. And for the dog, give me Umber on the money line at plus 175. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Find me once again on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Find me on the VNBA show, WNBA show, NFL show. You get the point. We're back once again for the semifinals here in Shanghai. But until then, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.